What is restorative discipline? Restorative discipline is an approach to discipline that centers on building community, fostering student-to-student relationships, and improving adult-to-student relationships. It is meant to change the climate, culture, and tone of a school and have a trickle down to the classroom level. Can I initiate restorative justice if my school does not have it? If so, do I have to wait for the new school year? Answer. If your school is not yet on the restorative process wavelength, there is still the opportunity to establish a restorative culture in your own classroom. Although it is best to go for special training, you can still research some of this work on your own. There is plenty of good material on the market, or you can always listen to my podcasts. It may take some time, and you may have to do some experimentation. It is never too late to establish a restorative culture in your classroom. Restorative discipline does not hinge upon punishment, exclusion, or external motivators. The restorative process is about building community and shifting school culture from negative or neutral to a positive, inclusive, and student-centered culture. What sets this process apart from traditional discipline? In restorative discipline, students learn how to treat themselves and others. The golden rule is the basis of restorative justice. Quote, treat others as you would yourself, end quote. How does this process work? Teachers will want to promote ownership in the classroom. Everyone in the classroom community must own up to keeping it safe. As citizens of the classroom, students are brought into the process of keeping the classroom safe and free of distractions. By engaging students in the discipline process, students become more responsible and accountable not only for their own behavior, but for the safety and health of the entire learning community. Restorative culture. To establish a restorative culture in the classroom, first we must wrestle with the conundrum of knowing exactly what this means. Restorative ideals seem complicated and abstract, but this will be broken down to explore the notion of finding the balance within the disciplinary process. All one needs is the courage to try. First, we will look at the problems and solutions from many sides. What does a restorative culture look like? In a restorative culture, all individuals are held accountable for their own behavior. This is not an easy concept given the evolution of what education has become. 
especially in the public school sector. Students are often taught to become passive learners. They learn exactly how to be good soldiers. In the classroom, it is typical to find students waiting for instructions and directions for all activities instead of reading it themselves. They learn exactly how to do everything from where to put their name on the paper to plugging in the right formula to do well on a test. They spend many hours pleasing adults in preparation for the right schooling on the next step in their educational career. Rather than learning to enjoy the process of learning, they prepare for the future. They prepare for specialized high schools and later wait and with bated breath for their college acceptance letter to schools that only accept less than 20% of all students. This is to prove that they are good enough. Everyone is expected to be a lawyer, an engineer, a doctor, or the head of a corporation. Educational differentiation is often unheard of in these times. This has turned our students into anxious learners and passive learners as well. They are ready to spring out of the class when the going gets rough, or they just plain give up and sit in the class and do not participate. When students have rich parents, education can be bought no matter what their behavior, grades, or attitude. For those who are in public schools with less services than in privileged communities, there must be a better way for accountability for student behavior. Those students need to have a better chance to compete for the college of their choice and for the career of their choice. What happens when students are out of control? Does the restorative process address this? The restorative process does not mean that the school or the classroom should be unsafe. When students engage in behavior that is a high level infraction on the discipline code, there must be swift and immediate action taken to address the situation. For example, if a student brings in a knife, he must be removed from the classroom or common space, and procedures must be followed to assure the safety of others. The restorative process can then be flipped to incorporate right action after the incident. This type of action can be a cooperative meeting with parents and the guidance team to get underneath the reasons for the student's engagement in dangerous behavior. Bringing a weapon to school is never permitted, at least in most school disciplinary codes. The student probably does need to get suspended and removed. He needs to be in the least restrictive setting, but he also needs this for the protection of himself and for others. A conference known as a re-entry conference is often held after a suspension. 
why not make that conference a restorative conference? It behooves the school community to engage the student in a discussion about how his behavior affects the community. If he or she is unwilling to understand the ramifications of such dangerous behavior, then greater intervention needs to be done. If a student has a disability, you would call that a tier three intervention, and the student would receive a behavior plan or a BIP, a behavior intervention plan. If a student does not have a disability, it is recommended that a regular guidance conference be held to get underneath the issues and to provide the student with the right services. This is part of a restorative classroom continuum, but it goes beyond a regular preventative restorative classroom plan. Inviting stakeholders to be a part of the process. A podcast doesn't have the ability to show visuals, so I'm going to give you a little bit of homework. If you go to the IIRP graduate school website, you'll find a picture of the social discipline window. A social discipline window is one that was created by Paul McCold and Ted Wachtel in 1997, and again updated in 2000. And it is the basis of restorative justice theory. It is one of the uh, graphics that are used for many a restorative justice um, textbook and many a restorative justice uh, websites and journal articles. The restorative justice social discipline window shows us four types of approaches to discipline. One of the approaches is the authoritarian stance of discipline. Teachers can gaze through the window and decide whether they want to work for a student, which is enabling a student or babying a student, do discipline to a student, which means that it's coming from top down, which is authoritarian, or with a student. Now I'm simplifying this because you don't have the visual in front of us. So in front of you, I should say. So if you get to take a look at that, you can decide which type of teacher that you want to be. Do you want to discipline with the students, for the students, or to the students? Forty years ago, teachers sent students out in the hall or made them stand in the corner. They might have even done embarrassing things to students, such as making them put their gum on their nose. By today's standards, things seem to have improved. Instead, teachers are aware of the ramifications of embarrassing a student, calling him or her out, or engaging in corporal punishment. For the most part, corporal punishment is illegal, 
but it is still legal in a few states. Still, teachers are very aware and more sensitive on how they enact discipline. Things still have a long way to go. Instead, teachers may send a student out of the class repeatedly. Once in a while, a brief break to calm a student down is a good idea. But unfortunately, the same students are sent out over and over again. These are the students who are not sorry they are missing class. They are happy to see the likings of an office where they will gain individualized attention. They are not moved by the threats of being removed from class. In fact, there's a subconscious game plan set up to purposely escape from difficult and painful academic lessons or from looking like a complete failure. It is easier to annoy another student or throw over a desk than to look like a fool who doesn't understand how to decompose a number or how to write a persuasive essay. The same students wind up in the in-house suspension and eventually get sent out of school in some shape, form, or fashion. This might be done to prove subconsciously that they are unworthy of being in the class. This, of course, is all done on a level that the student doesn't understand. They may have a brave exterior, acting like everything is fine, and acting like they are too cool for school. The restorative culture invites teachers and counselors and leaders to enact change with students rather than doing it for students. This begins with treating students with respect and disciplining with dignity. It also begins with a mindset that includes knowing that people can change and will if given the right supports. The same students who get sent to the dean, the counselor, or the AP are not typically students who will respond to the regular ladder of discipline. They are familiar with the rules, yet teachers tend to repeat the rules over and over again as if by changing their tone or somehow changing the word order, something magical will happen and the behavior will cease immediately. They believe that the student will suddenly realize the error of his ways and fall into line just like the students that one dreams about before entering their first student teaching experience. Everyone knows that this is a Disney dream. No, posies will not come raising, raining down on your classroom. Something drastic must be done to end this vicious cycle. The students who are falling into these patterns are typically marginalized students who need to be held accountable for their behavior. As Ross Green aptly puts it, if children could do better, they would do better. The trick in the restorative process is to help students come around and want to change their behavior. Although naysayers may tout it as soft discipline, too hippy-dippy, weird, strange, weak, crazy, political, and just an excuse for bad behavior. They need to understand the deep roots of restorative justice. 
Restorative justice is built on the preservation of human capital. This begs deeper questions into not only the way that abhorrent behavior is viewed in our society, but separating the behavior from the individual themselves. How can people stop engaging in negative patterns of behavior? Why are they motivated to behave the way they do? If the motivation is not for themselves, at least can it be for the community? If individuals are helped to understand that the community has value, will they value it over committing a wrongdoing or even a crime? Can they learn to be accepted and loved by the community, yet accountable for the norms of the community? Other questions spur off deep thinking about punishment. Are kids better off sitting in the classroom than the suspension room? While these methods were originally put in place to teach kids a lesson, it's apparent that this method is becoming ineffective, especially for those students with disabilities and those students who are typically marginalized. Discipline must be done at the basement level before it gets elevated to the proportion of sending the student out of the school. For students with disabilities, this means setting a powerful message of positive culture that begins to help students make internal changes. Although point systems, token economies, positive letters, class dojo, and the use of praise are methods of discipline that promote positive behavior and they are wonderful methods for enacting behavioral change, they are not part of the restorative process. They do not help students make internal changes or think about ways for them to handle their own behavior and impulses differently. Now, not all teachers can uproot their current disciplinary plan due to the administrative goals of the school or the systems of behavior management that may already be in place and are part of the school mission system. My job is to present you with alternative methods for discipline. This is meant for you to think about what discipline and classroom management could be. When culture, climate, and tone in the classroom is wrapped around restorative discipline and creating a restorative culture, things can be much, much different. We just have to imagine and we just have to believe that students and adults have the potential to change. Thank you very much.